0: Life Audio.
1: This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations.
0: We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home.
1: Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer.
0: Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student.
1: For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next.
0: The best-selling illustrated Bible for kids and teens, the Action Bible, is now better than ever. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition is an interactive Bible specifically created for kids and teens ages 7 to 15. The Faith in Action Edition is designed to engage young readers in God's Word through hundreds of vividly illustrated Bible stories in chronological order with activities and games. Readers will grow in God's Word by using QR codes, providing free access to over 2,000 devotionals, hundreds of prayers character stories teaching videos maps timelines and much more additionally the action bible faith in action edition allows readers to explore the major themes of the bible like courage faith hope love service trust and wisdom each theme provides practical advice on how to live out god's word the action bible faith in action edition is the best interactive bible you can purchase for your child or teen purchase your copy today at sam's club barnes and noble or amazon
1: This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer.
0: Today, we are going to talk about purpose driven homeschooling instruction. And today, my guest is. Lindsay Levesca, and she's a homeschool mom of three, two biological and one adopted with special needs. And she's a homeschool parent and parenting coach as well. And she confesses she's a proud ADHD woman. Um, mm-hmm. I am excited to have you on the show today, Lindsay, and to talk about this this topic, especially as a lot of people are getting started with their homeschooling. And it's so good to know why we're doing what we're doing. You know, that that big know your why, that's kind of what we're going to focus on today, especially around the topic of having a struggling learner. So, so welcome, Lindsay, and thank you for taking time to be with us today.
2: Well, Peggy, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's it. Um, this This knowing your why, I I think, you know, a lot of people, and I've seen it over the years, I've been in the homeschooling community for over 20 years, and, um, you know, write your homeschool purpose and, you know, and put it up on a wall. And I think sometimes we don't have large enough purposes or our purposes are a little askew when we especially have a struggling student because we want to fix and we want to correct and not always... Do we we look at the larger picture? And so I'm excited that you wanted to um, approach this topic, especially with the background that you have, and um, and some of the experiences you have in homeschooling yourself. Um, so so why don't we kick off by by just having our audience get to know you a little bit better and um, tell us a little bit about your homeschooling journey and a little bit about your family and yourself. Oh okay,
2: well. Um... I love that we're talking about this, by the way. I, I, mm-hmm. I love it because it's, it, it really anchors you. It really anchors you as a homeschool yeah. mom, especially when things get really, really hard. So yes. um, as far as my background, um, again, my name is Lindsay LaVisca, and I knew I was going to homeschool when I was in graduate school to become a teacher. Um, I saw all I was learning. I realized I was teaching in a – I was doing my student teaching in a – low income area where we had lots of i was back in california where we had lots of kids that um just had a very diverse group of needs lots of kids that didn't have the language that needed uh, right. just a completely different strategies To reach them. And I just remember thinking that was like my first moment where I was, where I realized this one size fits all approach is so unhealthy. It's so inappropriate and it can hurt children in the long term for what we want. Long term, and so that's when I so twenty something years ago. That's when I decided to homeschool, and praise the Lord, my husband agreed to that. My future husband agreed to that. Uh, (laughs) So we started homeschooling. uh, Let's see, I have a seventeen year old now. She's a senior. It's our senior year. Wow! Um, Oh my goodness. Let's not even talk about that. (laughs) that, do not going anywhere. Um, And I homeschooled my two. Biological girls, very traditionally and with a lot of expectations about the way mm. things were to look. So, even though I knew there was a nugget in my mind that knew that things needed to be attuned to the child in front of me, the learner in front of me, uh, I was very, very traditional when I look back on it. it as to, uh, I had a one track mind of this is how you do it, you follow the lesson, you obey, and you do it. And, and, right. and, uh, <laughs> God had other plans for us when, uh, nine years ago we adopted a baby boy and he, uh, was a little angel baby uh, for the first 18 months. But when he hit 18 months, our lives completely shattered. I mean, really they, Um, our lives, our life imploded. Uh, he hit, kicked, scratched bit, um, couldn't sleep. I mean, did not sleep for maybe more than two hours for years at a time. It was, (laughs) we were sleep deprived, um, it was the hardest experience of my life. There's no doubt about it. My girls watched me kind of crumble into a ball. And like I was a shell of a person oh. because <laughs> of the sleep deprivation, absolutely. Um, the constant walking on eggshells. This He screamed all the time when he was awake, which was always because he didn't <laughs> have language. He didn't have language. And I was trying right. to use um, traditional Christian parenting approaches that had worked. <laughs> check the box. If you just do this, then this will be how your child turns out. And that was no. And right. that, that didn't work. And, but by God's grace, I have learned so much. I had to learn. Basically, I had to let go of everything I thought was right as a parent yeah. and as an educator. And I had to really meet the child in front of me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What you said earlier about changing, uh, you said something about when we start to homeschool, we think we need to fix. Right. We need to fix and we need to change. And and I think I went into parenting thinking that had this idea that um, it's our job to mold the child into what they're, what our ideal is. What we've been told within the world right. and the church is supposed to be the right, the, the perfect child. And that's just not how it is. In fact, God just taught Absolutely. me that oh, he gave me this beautiful baby boy and these two girls, which I believe he saved them through this little boy. <laughs> Um, because I had to meet the child in front of me and really embrace this child as who he is. And so um, all that to say, I've I started um, helping moms better understand their child's brain, their child's wiring, what could be Hmm. going on behind behavior, why language is so important. um, Right. So I started a heart for all students in order to reach the mom who was a few years behind me. And better equip them so that they could equip their children to thrive right. into adulthood as themselves, and not this ideal uh, person that we've created in our world. If that, if that makes any sense. Yeah,
0: I think the more we fight um, against that change, yeah. that is just so required, the harder it becomes. I, I just answered a question on Facebook, like right before I came on to yes. the, the broadcast with you, and moms and ones moms like, but. I put all this stuff in front of him and he still says it's schoolwork. And I said, you haven't changed enough. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, we'll, we'll take these little baby steps to change, but, but we have to let go of those ideals totally yes. is like losing our lives. And yeah. and it's it's so very, very difficult. I have 10 adopted special needs siblings. So oh. um, and I didn't share with that with you ahead of. So, no. um, so my parents have been through this 10 times and <sighs> I've I've watched my parents change and yeah. that allowed me to change much quicker quicker yes. when i saw things happening with my own children and going oh you know yeah. this is not going to work and i i'm going to need to learn from others that um, you know just the way i was raised even my parents they raised us for biological kids very differently yes. than they had to to raise my adopted siblings and yeah. and it is with any any need, whether the child's adopted or not, although that usually comes with a whole boatload more of stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> than, mm-hmm. than um than the typical child with maybe a, a reading or math struggle. But still mm-hmm. there there are some some things that um that change our purpose. Yes. So do you want to talk a little bit about that as far as what should we consider our purpose is if it isn't that we have to mold and change the child,
2: like you said. Oh, wow. That's huge. You know, it's ironic because, um, years ago I was, uh, at Rick Warren's church when he wrote that book purpose driven oh, yes. life. Uh-huh. We were there. That's where we started. That's where I was baptized like 20 something, 25 mm-hmm. years ago. And, um, it's just sweet to hear this purpose driven from a totally different lens. Uh, I truly believe, and I tell moms all the time when they're getting frustrated and upset about things not working out. I did mm-hmm. Elva things. I changed all my approach. I got the different curriculum. I'm having, right. I'm doing shorter lessons, whatever it is. And I am like, none of that matters. For me, what I truly believe is. Uh, for for me, and I encourage moms to really think about is what do we want our children to believe about themselves into adulthood? Because our kids are going to spend 75 to 80% God willing of their lives as adults and what they hear now, the messages that they receive consistently as a habit, as a pattern are the thoughts and beliefs that they will take with them into adulthood. And we know now we know now not just with neurodivergent kids kids with ADHD autistic kids just children with dyslexia anxiety uh, trauma backgrounds through whether it's through adoption or foster care or complex you know difficult childhood experiences but we know that what we have been doing historically as a culture and as a even the church with people that don't fit in the box is not serving them well we just have to no, look at bad. our mental health statistics we have to look at what the, I mean just ADHD alone, the increased likelihood of drug abuse or pre- early pregnancies, um, risky behaviors untreated mm-hmm. un- unaddressed uh, is is unacceptable and so to me what I realize and, and we as adults even if we don't consider ourselves Neurodivergent or we didn't consider mm-hmm. ourselves with special needs or struggling as struggling learners, we know what we're struggling with based <laughs> on right? Oh yeah. no, it's our stuff that we brought that came up in childhood that we're we're holding on to and that really are rooted deeply in us. Oh,
0: absolutely.
2: Right. So yes. all that to say, what for me it's been what do I want my kids to take with them up right. here in their heart, in their spirit? What do they want I want them to believe about themselves? Mm-hmm. Because it's that person that feels confident that feels loved, that feels valued, that feels like I can make a difference. Like for my for, for my boy, you know, it was something as simple as I used to get so angry because he would climb up a, a shelf that I told him not to because he wanted the one M&M that was on the top shelf behind the boxes <laughs> that he knew were there, uh, you know. And at right. two years old, he would climb up and the house would be a mess and the kitchen would be a mess after I turned my back for two minutes. And what, what, what does traditional approaches tell us to do? No, sir. Absolutely not. You need to nip it in the bud. Mm-mm. If I continued that way, because he was always having those situations, right. what was he, what's he going to think about himself? Yeah. So it had to change. It had to change to, wow, buddy, you are so perseverant. God has a plan for you. He gave you all this perseverance. I wonder what he's going to do for you. Now let's back up. Let's try that again. That's just a tiny tidbit, but it's right. reframing the lens on behavior mm, so learning good. everything to god gave us this kid who mm-hmm. is who he has mighty plans for right we say yes. these things and yet i mean i'm going to have to speak you know a lot to this church piece but like oh, we yeah. we we have got to uh, he says let the little children come to me Oh, he doesn't say once your mom fixes you, right? (laughs) Once your mom gets you to fall in line and your mom nips it in the bud. He doesn't say that,
0: right? He says the kingdom of heaven
2: belongs to such as these have Mm -hmm. a childlike faith, right? So really to value that child with the vision of where and who you want them to believe they are
0: about
2: themselves. That helps a lot.
0: That is so powerful because yes, um, the last thing that we want to do is take away exactly what God has given them to be unique because, mm-hmm. I mean, we say that over and over again, but our actions say something totally different yes. because we're stuck in those ruts of, well, this is what good parenting. This is what good homeschooling is supposed to look like. And, and then we just start appeasing, you know, that, that perfect picture or yes. what, um, or what we think we, the boxes we have to check to get to the other side. Yes. And, and yet, I love that. It's, it's your child's shape box that, nice. that needs to do that. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. The best-selling illustrated Bible for kids and teens, the Action Bible, is now better than ever. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition is an interactive Bible specifically created for kids and teens ages 7 to 15. The Faith in Action Edition is designed to engage young readers in God's Word through hundreds of vividly illustrated Bible stories in chronological order with activities and games. Readers will grow in God's Word by using QR codes, providing free access to over 2,000 and devotionals, hundreds of prayers, character stories, teaching videos, maps, timelines, and much more. Additionally, the Action Bible Faith in Action Edition allows readers to explore the major themes of the Bible like courage, faith, hope, love, service, trust, and wisdom. Each theme provides practical advice on how to live out God's Word. The Action Bible, Faith in Action Edition is the best interactive Bible you can purchase for your child or team. Purchase your copy today at Sam's Club, Barnes & Noble, or Amazon.
1: Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast or Theology and Apologetics Podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home.
0: That, that is just something to ponder and really rest on. I know yeah. I, I look back and think of how much I, I messed up my kids, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because yes. I didn't know any different. Yes. And, you know, now that God has been just so kind to to take me to a place where he's like, you know what? All I want is you. Yes. I don't want the stuff that yes. you want to do for me. I don't want the publicity. I can do it myself. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. what I want is just you to sit here and to learn from me. And yes. and if we took more time in our homeschool planning to do that and to look at our child and place our child before God and say, I'm offering this child up now <laughs> to yeah. you. How, how do I teach them? You know, mm. how do I, I see them. Mm. How do I see them beyond all of the, the other stuff? Yes. Um, that, that is what's, what's so important. You know, in our community, we spend a lot of time talking about difficulties, struggles, you know, all these things. Um, and, and I know in part of our homeschooling purpose, there's going to be some sort of equipping um, because we're going to see those struggles and we're going to, you know, we, we can't just say, well, that's just something that comes with you and, you know, dismiss it either. Sure. Um, But how do we intentionally help build that child up yet? See these, these struggles, these, these learning deficits, um, or just things that are going to require them probably for their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Some intentional training, mm-hmm. and and kind of encapsulate all of that into well that it is still good mm-hmm. that that it is still um, something that that God is is working in and through, and that it's not a mistake to homeschool, um, even if we're going to have to spend you know a lot of lot of time around these things, you know, mm-hmm. what, what is, what is that, that bigger picture going to look like um, as far as this the child? Practical. Yeah. The practical kind mm-hmm. of, but, but more so like an overall practical approach and Okay, we'll get into more, we'll yeah. kind of go into more of the details. Yeah. Later.
2: Yeah. So this is what, this is how I see it. And I have this like four step framework that I, just in those years of absolute torture. I I mean, it was so hard and with, with, with my boy, but then it spilled over into my girls were very much affected. So I've changed everything with them as well. Even my approach to homeschooling so much Um, is the first thing that lens, the first thing is relationship. First, And what I mean by that is, okay, so that's another lens with which when things are really hard and I am stressed at the table or something like that because Mm I want something to go a certain way or I really have my child's having a hard time or they're dysregulated and getting very emotional or whatever is my job is to pursue my child's heart and through relationship through safe relationship. Because with a safe relationship, okay, just like God doesn't come to us and say, you better fix this and you better do this and you better change that. No, nothing happens. If you want to get like theological sanctification, that process of growing doesn't happen until that safe relationship is established by God. So he loves us first.
0: So good. Yeah. He
2: loves us first in the mess, in our, in our uh, imperfections. He loves us first. That growth comes because we are influenced through safe relationship. So we need to, as mothers, change our perspective from you better get control of your child. Mm -hmm. That is a lie. That is a lie to focus in on that relationship with your child. Because when your child feels seen, valued and loved by you, they believe you are in their corner. Yes. And they are going to be much more likely to be influenced by you, to do the hard things. Yeah, because you have such say. You are so safe to them. You are the person that they know they can trust with mm-hmm. their best interests. So it doesn't mean um, casting that vision. And I talk a lot about casting a vision for your child as to how God's going to use their unique way of seeing things. So if you have a child with dyslexia who um, has language processing issues, um, challenges with language processing, but maybe or ADHD or any neurodivergency, because they all Mm -hmm. kind of, there's a lot of similarities. They all go together. Um, Is wow, you are extremely creative and your lens is extremely creative. It's different than what the book is asking for, Mm -hmm. but I like how you're seeing that. I wonder what God's going to do with that. He's got a purpose for that part of you. There's nothing wrong with the way that you see things. There's nothing wrong with, yes, it makes this harder, but so empowering your child with an understanding of who they are and how they're wired. Those are the tools that, that help them go, oh, I'm not a failure because this is really challenging for me. This is really challenging for me. I'm using the example of like dyslexia or right. ADHD. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, and again, they're very c- combined. But, oh, I'm having a hard time reading this book right now, not because I'm stupid, mm-hmm. but because the text on the page is too small and too close together that the way my brain is wired, I need to make this bigger. Maybe I need to use a Kindle. And open up my sc- my text size a little bit bigger. Basically, starting mm-hmm. to give them the tools, the understanding. Oh, I'm feeling upset right now because I, I you know, I I just was outside. I just, just was working out. My sister just got mad at me. So mm-hmm. helping them understand how they're wired safely, right, gives you this ability to influence them, and also acknowledging your own. Areas that, oh, I'm having a hard time right now because I just, you know, I, I was doing something that's really hard for me. Like I have ADHD, right? So mm-hmm. it can be really hard for me sometimes if I'm overwhelmed with my to do list to plan ahead and plan accordingly or lay out my plans, right? Mm-hmm. So I might say if I'm having a rough day to my child, you know what, Mom said yes to too many things, and now because of the limitations of the way that my brain works, I'm overwhelmed. My capacities met, and I am having a hard time planning ahead because I have less fuel in my my cup. Mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of rambling, but
0: no, no, that that that's really good because I think too often we and I I, I put down as a, you were talking, observant. Yes. We have to be observant. Because so too often we're reactionary
2: mm-hmm.
0: instead of looking and saying and and speaking to the truth, so that was another thing that I heard you talking about is you know speaking it out loud instead of just thinking, "Oh, yeah, my child's struggling with this, let them know." Yes. This, this is what, this is why, because if you do not speak that, what comes out is, I'm stupid, because yes. they, that is like the, the, the lowest thing. And I, I've yes. heard my siblings say this. My, um, you know, my, my dad's has said before, you know, my one brother, he would say everything and I'm just stupid. I'm stupid. And he's like, no, it just means that you have to work harder on it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that. You're stupid. Yes. It's just that maybe it's difficult and it's some yes. of the other things come easy for you. So when all of a sudden you hit this hard thing, it just means that this thing isn't, doesn't line up with your wiring as yes. well as some other things. Yes. And I think the more that we speak that out, we confront the lies before they're embedded in our yes. kids' heads mm-hmm. because those, those we can't get out as easily as if we yes. confront them right as they're going in. Absolutely. And, and so, yes, I love that when, when you talk about that because um, it is, it's a reframing. And it's, unfortunately, it we have to reframe our thinking. And mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about that process for you? Mm-hmm. And because you said that, you know, you had to completely change things. Um, what, what were some things that worked for you when you caught yourself you know, going back to maybe some older ways of, of, well, you know, this just bad behavior and, you know, yes. all these things. And no, I've got to switch yes. is there, Were there's there any things that you use oh, yeah. for yourself or.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean the whole, uh, I have, a, I actually have a book and a course all about these things. And it really mm-hmm. talks about a little bit about my journey and I'm, um, one of the first things I remember in my story was when uh, I would say my boy was maybe like three or four. And it it, it was I mean, we had gone over a year without sleep. Hmm. Uh, my girl, I just the, the shame and the guilt I felt towards my, for my girls. And because I made this decision, forget even adoption, but I made a decision to adopt. Right. And so I made Mm -hmm. a choice that was now impacting everyone in my family. Um, but I remember one day I was so exhausted and he was screaming and I, I I was just done. And I remember just sitting up, like sliding down the refrigerator and just Mm -hmm. tears, but it was like, I, I, the tears wouldn't even come anymore. I was just so, Mm -hmm. I was so done with the tears. And what happened was, is, um, that, that those tears turned to rage and anger. And see, before that, I was the perfect Christian homeschool mom, you know, and I hope everyone sees and hears the sarcasm in my voice because I was doing it all perfectly according to how, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. certain
2: people would like us to believe in our Our community, Oh, yeah, in our community. They're they're Mm -hmm. there and you got to be very careful about that. But I remember reaching out to a group of friends and I texted like a group of my friends and I said... Someone get me the name of a Christian counselor because I am going to set the house on fire. That's literally what I said to my friends. Mm-hmm. And obviously I, I exaggerate. I'm a storyteller by nature, but it was my SOS that mm-hmm. I need help. Yeah. And that in and of itself, especially within the Christian community is not, we say it, we right. say seek help, but we really, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the messy, right. we, we judge each other. We especially when we're younger and earlier in our parenting, right? Because once yes. you get some years behind your belt, you're like, God is oh, so yeah. wonderful yeah. and He humbles you. <laughs> praise God, praise <laughs> the Lord. Uh, you know. And now I'm like, I know nothing. You know, before I knew everything, now I know yeah. nothing. So, and that's, that's the best thing because you just like, open handed. Like I can only do the best that I can. But I got counseling. I went in for um counseling, and I worked with a counselor for about. I worked with her for about four years, and. She, I remember going in thinking I was going to talk about my son because he was the problem, right? Yeah, he was the problem. It's everybody else is the problem. I'm just the victim, right? And and I and I was. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oh, I yeah. well. I was suffering. I was suffering. But I spent majority of that time. I didn't talk about my son for probably the first month. Because I w- I realized how much was in my head about I'm not yeah. good enough I am a failure as a mother I it, it was so much these lies that were starting to be untangled It's my mm. responsibility Everything's my responsibility The church tells me that if my child is having a temper tantrum that's my fault Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really unpack so much So first it was just wow. this um, yeah this unpacking of and bringing up like I had studied scripture so so in-depth before, but I had a lens, which was, was not necessarily a healthy lens. And, and so I had to really, um, just trust God enough Mm -hmm. with this theology that sometimes can, our theology can actually, um, become an idol that is so far from the Lord and so far from the fruit of Jesus that, I now know that, but Mm -hmm. I had to work through a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of my own stuff. And then in that season, I was learning, I was learning, I was reading everything I could on the brain, on behavior. Mm -hmm. And as I did that, and I just interviewed lots of experts, um, developmental pediatricians, speech therapists, uh, speech language pathologists, occupational therapists, like anybody who could talk to me and tell me what was going on. And what I realized was, That understanding, uh, not only did it help my children, but it helped me better understand myself and better offer compassion to myself. And that compassion to myself Mm. was just the the fruit of that compassion and love for myself. God tells us we're supposed to uh, love our neighbors as ourselves. We fail fail to remember that Jesus actually tells us we're supposed to care for and love ourselves and prioritize ourselves because we cannot. We're mean to people when we feel bad about us. Right. Yes. And yeah. so that was a huge piece was it was learning, learning, learning and my mm-hmm. own therapy. And now I'm working with uh, a more trauma informed therapy as my research and as my understanding of the brain and the nervous system has just grown. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. Um, but I'm still a, a working in progress and grateful for the opportunity to f- work on the one person I have the most influence over, which is mm-hmm. myself, because when okay. I'm my best self they get they're the ones that get the fruit of it right my my husband my children people in my life yes
0: yeah yeah because you can only pour out what you have in you um and and yeah and it's it's not so much about the knowledge it's about the change of our hearts yes and it it's what flows out of our heart that changes others not what flows out of our mouth or our good thinking yeah um, and, and so it's got to get down there mm-hmm. in order to come back out. And in a, a lot of that time, you know, as I was hearing you talk to these, these different, um, people you interacted with, they were changing not only your perspective, they were giving you, um, new terminology, new, yes. um, re reframed, um, I'm trying to think of the word. Just, you know, just the the ability the to speak a language, yes. exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the language that you had previously was so ingrained yes. in what what your parenting style was your relation style, you know, we, we forget that the basis of, you know, everything. And you, you, t- you talked about this head on, you know, at the beginning was about that relationship. That relationship is what matters most. Yes. And I've learned that through the years of my homeschooling. And the one thing now that my, all my kids have graduated from my homeschool is that is the thing that I love the most about mm-hmm. what we established in our homeschool was that relationship. Yes. And, and yet for so many years, I missed that because, because so many people told me I just needed to, you know, control my environment, mold my children, you know, back to what you're talking about. And I was missing the point. And yes. so I'm so glad that, you know, we're we're addressing this and and really you know hitting that that, that core. Yes. Uh, and that's that's why we homeschool. I mean, if if you have to put your homeschool mission statement together, <laughs> it's gonna be more around, you know, just just that relationship in, in your child. So so after we get done, you know, realizing that, that that's what needs to change, and yet we know there are certain struggles our student has, how do sure. we meld that kind of into a, a working practical <laughs> approach now from day in and day out?
2: You know, um, on a working practical approach, I would say that so I said, okay, relationship first. You might have to spend if you're in a um, if you are in a bleeding out period in relationship wise. And right. I do, I talk like I dive into this really deeply in my course and I very rarely even talk about my course. But we're talking about this now. I talk very specifically about if you are bleeding out relationship wise, if you've been like this with your child, which I have been there. Mm-hmm. So I'm tough. This is all from experience. Then the first thing you have to do is stop. And focus on that relationship first, not just in the heat of the moment, but you might yeah. have to spend several weeks where you are going to change the, the nervous system, the heartbeat of your home and your relationship yes. to get back on track to, mm-hmm. um, because the way that we are designed by God is we have this nervous system and we know, just using that cliche, you know, neurons that fire together, wire together. So if this is what's happening all the time, yeah, then your child's nervous system, by design, is going to be in that kind of fight or flight or that um, a stimulated, stressed out state before they even start school. Well, when that yeah. happens, then we lose access to this prefrontal cortex, the, the the higher level thinking part of your brain. This is the mm-hmm. executive function center of the brain, associated with ADHD and autism and other and just ch- yeah, childhood in general. Right. Uh, that part of the brain we lose access when we're super super stressed out. So the priority might be for several weeks, a month that we're going to focus on relationship and everything else has to go to the wayside because my long-term goal is to get us to a position where my child feels safe learning my child, my child, not safe, like you're going to hit them, but safe in that relationship, safe in their own skin safe. Right. right? So Mm -hmm. I have, I mean, we have had to take, and you might be talking about your own issues or fears in school growing up. You Mm -hmm. might start modeling Uh, That you trust them with some of your story and start to connect. So that might be several weeks a month. Um, I mean, I've taken almost an entire uh, school year once where we did the bare Mm -hmm. minimum because I had a child severely struggling with anxiety related to Mm -hmm. a lot of what we went through before. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because my ultimate goal is her Right. as an adult. So yeah. we can always, the, the the 12 years, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, it doesn't take 12 mm-hmm. years to learn any of this stuff. It doesn't. Doesn't take, doesn't right. take 12 years. Exactly. To take, like, you can grab a couple of learn math fast books at the end of high school and get through all your math. I'm not saying that's what you do, Right. but what I'm saying at the end of the day, they will have all the time in the world to learn. So um, mm-hmm. once that safety net's there, then lessons become so much easier. You start with they one do. They become so much easier.
0: Mm -hmm. You're not fighting
2: so much because they believe in themselves. They believe mom's got my back. Mom's not going to freak out at me if I lose it. And even, and you know what? Expect that your child's going to lose it. Expect that there's going to be bumps. Mm. That expectation alone, when it happens and your kid loses their mind or you lose your mind, it's, Oh my word. Hey, we figured (laughs) out what doesn't work. Let's go back. We're not feeling safe. Something's not working right now. Let's go back. Let's see. Let's pare down. Um, Yeah it's it's a lens it really is a lens and mm-hmm. we can talk very specific uh, but but i that's really the first step um taking breaks understanding mm. your child's sensory needs there is a, a sensory uh, when a lot of people I, I remember people will talk about sensory kids kids with sensory processing disorder or sensory processing issues hey we all have sensory needs at some
0: point yes yes we all we do, some, we all do. i don't like
2: I don't like to wear tight pants around my waist. That's a mm-hmm. sensory need. That's a that distracts me right. from being able to focus when I'm uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, a
2: lot of our children who maybe have uh, sound issues issues with sounds, I realize when I'm at the end, when my cognitive cup is low, mm-hmm. sounds are going to be one of the first things to set me off at the end of the night. Right? Mm-hmm. Understanding your own sensory needs. Under you know, like, here's another right. one for me. I talk about this too. I, I give my own examples because then moms can start identifying with
0: exactly and connecting yes. with
2: their child, realizing, Oh, mm-hmm. it's not just them that has sensory issues. They're not being disrespectful because they're frustrated that they're like, I had a child who her big sister would make all these noises. Cause we all have ADHD <laughs> for some sort of some sort it, <laughs> uh-huh. and my oldest would make all these because that's how she's wired. She's a verbal processor, like her mama. Right. And so she was always making noises and she needs music going when she's learning, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the middle one, when she was younger, before I knew any better would be like, ah! and I thought she was being difficult. No, <laughs> her noise right. was very distracting mm-hmm. to her brain. Her sensory system of noise was very distracting. So, uh, being able to identify your own sensory needs, understand your child's sensory needs, which I love to talk about sensory stuff, but yeah. you we can say, Hey, you know what? You're frustrated right now. Let's go make couch sandwiches. You know, you're feeling, I can tell you're, you're wiggling too much right now. Mm-hmm. You're not wiggling too much, but your body's telling you. So like I'll say to my son, your body's telling you, you need to, you need some serotonin. I'll just say that with him. You know, mm-hmm. you need some proprioception. You need some deep squeezes. So, because mm-hmm. you're wiggling a lot, your body's saying this. So let's, go get some deep squeezes and I'll take a cushion and put him on the cushion on the couch and then put another cushion on him and then sit on him and give him that deep pressure. But uh-huh. he understands this as part of his wiring yeah. so that later when he gets older, he could be like, mom, I need to go jump on the trampoline or mom. Mm-hmm. I need to go punch a punching bag. Not because he's being difficult, but because he knows, Oh, I know this feeling. Right. And now I can come back and learn. Once I get that input to my body, I can come back and learn better. And mm-hmm. I'm not, tr- and now I'm not in trouble. I'm not a bad kid because I'm moving. I'm just wiggly because my brain is looking for this input.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's so many things that we can teach our kids through those everyday in and out experiences. And, and yet we're oftentimes too focused on the list the to do things that we don't even make time for those. And in, in, in the end We're dealing with a child who's completely shut down, and we're trying to teach them things that they cannot process because they're not in a place to process. Exactly. And and then we think, I'm just a bad parent. My child's not, can't learn, and therefore homeschooling's not working. Right. Well, (laughs) not so much. It's just that our approach is not not yes, right. Exactly. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So thank you for, for really expanding on that because I, I think we can, I can say that, but yet without your example, that doesn't make as much sense, but, yeah. but yes, it it really, it comes down to those little things and being able to, to, to point those out again and to step back to allow that breathing room and yes. not pack our days so full that we can't say, we need a little break here, or this is something about you that you need to learn about. And, you know, as your kids become adults, you know, that these are the things that if they don't know that about themselves can lead to even bigger problems. Yes.
2: Yes, Peggy. Yes. A hundred percent. And that's that vision. That's that purpose. It's like, okay, what's my purpose Mm -hmm. long-term long-term because if they don't know how to regulate themselves, they're going to scream at somebody, You know, and and, or or if it's like uh, I think about it a lot, like equipping the the academics is secondary to equipping them with an understanding of who they are and how they're wired, because that balloon Mm -hmm. that gets blown up all day long that could burst if we don't release some of the air. Right. So like all the tensions, Mm -hmm. all the tensions that are built up on us in a particular day, like I was telling you and I, I use I talk a lot to moms again I really want them to understand themselves. I want us to understand ourselves because when we understand ourselves, we're better equipped to offer compassion and connect with and then serve our children. Um, So like for me, it's like, okay, today was a day where I woke up. I told you earlier before we got (laughs) on, I I hurt my back really badly. And this Uh, is unusual for me. And I had uh, to get my son to some homeschool classes that he takes. and, And my cup was already down. 50%, 50%, but right when I probably less, honestly. And I knew I had this today and I had other things to do. And so my cup is lower, and I have to be aware of that. When uh, you know, right, I, I started to feel a little shaky earlier, and I realized, mm. listen to my body, what's my body telling me? Oh, I haven't eaten, and then I need to take some things off my plate today, or I need to go for a walk. So I had my, I had my, uh, my. 15 year old, I, I was feeling like, uh, just overwhelmed. I had finished an article I was writing. I was starting to feel overwhelmed. My back was hurting and I realized, okay, I didn't plan for a walk, but I'm going to go for a walk in the sun mm-hmm. because that's re it's, it's, uh, releasing some of the tension in that, that balloon so that I can be better later. Yes. And so yes. that means something else will probably have to go off the plate. That wasn't a, that wasn't a mm-hmm. But in the long term, I'm going to get more accomplished in a healthier way. And that's what I tried right. to tell my my girls, my My 15-year-old that started today, started school today, because mm. we waited until her little brother started his little classes because he's outside uh. the door. And she was really anxious, excuse me, about starting school. Mm. She was really, which she started to starting school. And so she got some stuff done at like 1130. She said, Mom, I'm just... I don't know. I'm just kind of down. And I said, Mm. well, just remember something. I said, you just worked really hard because you started something new out of routine. Mm
0: -hmm. Right.
2: And we don't realize our brains and you probably know this, but our brains are like 5% of the mass, but they take up more than 20% of our fuel, of our calories, of our ATP. Right. So by just Reframing it—that no, you're not lazy. Mm-hmm. No, there's nothing wrong with you. That you just did some really hard things. Right. The grace mm-hmm. was given to herself. She, I said, go in your room, go on your swing. She's got like a hammock swing in her uh-huh. room. Go chill. Like give yourself grace. Later on, when I ask her to do something, she's gonna be able to do it, right? Because, um, so always think of your own cup, your own fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that Yeah.
0: Because you can get so driven. You, you know, I've, I found that I would have to remind myself to eat. I have to set timers on my phone <laughs> to do that oh, too. Yes. Um, but, but also that, you know, to, to drink a cup of water every hour, to be, mm. you know, to get up and go to the bathroom when yep. I need to, not waiting and doing five other things. Well, you know, and, and it's, it's setting those priorities for how do I, you know, take care of myself and, how, and really, how do I show my kids that that's important and that, you know, because, because otherwise we can set that example of you're not important. Yes, The to-do list is more important than you are just by our actions, not even saying it. And, and that is definitely, you know, if you think about it, not what you want to be teaching your kids, (laughs) but, In the essence, it's what we do because we live that way and we live in a society that has trained us to be that way.
1: Yes. Um, and
0: we have to untrain in our houses. And I know we've been talking, you know, a lot about that. And I'm, I'm so, so happy that we're, we're talking on this subject because health-wise, it's, it's not setting you up as a parent for yes. a good long term. And, and parents who have kids who have special needs have the most health issues of any. And so when I saw Lindsay's uh, website and all the health things she was writing about, it made me super excited mm. because I knew she she knew um, yes. that that our families need to hear this. Yes. Um, because otherwise you're going to end up, well, like I did, diagnosed with cancer three years ago because mm-hmm. I was ignoring myself. Yes. Um, and, and so many of just different different issues that um the, that people deal with the percentage is higher and unfortunately the death rate is higher too because we get ourselves down that road too far
2: absolutely i mean and, and to your point i mean this is yes this is a huge area of the, the this huge area for us as women and i'm starting to talk more about this with with my with my audience um about how to help themselves but the, the it not only the health piece but like Our children, the chronic stress that we put, uh, uh, autistic kids, kids with ADHD, um, uh, anxiety, all these things, this is... A lot of our autistic kids, they uh, and ADHD, struggle with digestive issues, struggle mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom. Str- I mean, the, uh, have eczema, uh, can't coordinate their bodies. Well, part of that is related to our stress response. And yes. so, again, like it's not just what do I want them to believe about themselves. It's also, it's all our bodies are connected. It's not just it's mm-hmm. not the brain. It's not separate from the gut, the body. All this kind of, yeah, we all we know this, but um going outside to let my child jump on a trampoline is not fun. That trains their brain for health. It primes their brain for learning. It primes their body for help, for digestion. All these things are integrated. And Mm -hmm. and so we we think, Oh, I have to check off the to-do list, all the school plans because the school says I have to do this. Or, or when I was in school, it looked like this or the lady up the street, my pastor's wife's kids are geniuses. Okay. At the end of the day, I don't care what your pastor's wife is doing we, with their children. We don't compliant children, okay? They have their own health issues, right? Okay, we know uh, you know if trauma, uh, the the body responds to trauma with increased autoimmune issues. Why this? The I just read this fantastic book by Gabor Mate. I don't know if you've read; you will love it. Uh, <laughs> he talks a lot about cancer. And trauma Hmm. and stress. And it just reminded me of you, but I want parents to understand that the decisions, how the stress level in the home Mm -hmm. can be toxic for your long-term goals, for not just your own health, but your children's health.
0: Yes, absolutely. We're Mm -hmm. one,
2: like our bodies are integrated and uh, we have to honor, honor that. Yeah, And it seems like a lot and it seems like a lot. And that's why I always circle back to, okay, let's pull back on this on the stress and the fighting and the mm-hmm. let's get our nervous systems and our bodies back to a place where they feel safe and loved because at the end of the day, right. It's love. Um, right.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And it, and then you go from there and then you build from there.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think that circles back to what we were talking about at the very beginning was that safe relational environment where learning can really take place because you're allowed to be who you are yes. and who you were created to be versus who society or, you know, a curriculum or anything says you need to be molded into. Yes. And if I think if there's any takeaway from all of this, I, I really want my listeners to, to understand that that is what a purpose driven instruction in homeschool looks like. Yes. It's you start at the child and you start with your relationship with that child. And I know you had, um, said at the very begin- beginning, Lindsay, that your son, when you adopted him, that communication yes. was a big struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think a lot of parents think that when their child has communication issues that they can just continue to homeschool and then work on the communication. Can you talk just a little bit to that? Um, because I, I think we we kind of lose the point that instruction happens through communication <laughs> oh, yes. and and how how do we let go of again I need to be teaching yes yet my child needs to I need to know how to like relate to yes first.
2: well there's so much to that communication uh, uh, language and speech and language processing are a huge huge. Passion of mine, uh, because most, even if your child is speaking, parents uh, often think, well, my child should understand if they're able to speak. And there's a huge difference between being able to articulate sounds into words and to even use them appropriately based on your own uh, motivation. So if a child says, mm-hmm. oh, mommy, I want to ride my bike. Yes, they do want to ride their bike. They are saying probably what they, what they want. But there's a big difference between that and Processing language that's coming, auditory input that's coming to the brain um, and then making a cohesive sense out of it. So uh, oh, I have yes. I, ha- I have I have a like this a workshop. that's like it was called, huh? Like uh, <laughs> what reading, reading, writing and relationships and what language processing hmm. does. Uh, how much it impacts our academics to your point, yeah. but it yeah. also impacts our our um, relationships because oftentimes we think children are being disobedient when we send them upstairs to go brush their teeth and put their pajamas on. And 35 minutes later, we go up there and they're playing video games. And right. half, half the time, the brain didn't process and actually make a cohesive message that's been, and then you add in the working memory piece, which is an executive function related to ADHD and autism and childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the, the language pieces is, is a huge piece because it doesn't just impact academics. It greatly impacts social skills, relationship, um, yes. all, all these things. Uh, so I talk a lot and I don't know if this is where you were going with this, but I will say, uh, like I always recommend, uh, especially if you have a speaking child. So in the autistic community, we have lots of kids that are um, Mm non-speaking, but that doesn't mean they don't have a voice and it doesn't mean they're not verbal. So I I will say, I'm just going to throw this out there. This is not the main topic here, but if you have a child that is autistic or is non-speaking, advocate for AAC as soon as possible because you want to give them the ability to communicate their thoughts because they do have thoughts and they do have words and they do have ideas that they need to communicate and they're very, very valuable and they can change the world. So Mm -hmm. don't let a school system or a speech language pathologist tell you not to advocate for getting them some sort of um, device that they can start communicating with you because they matter and their thoughts matter. And the more children don't have access to communicate their thoughts, the more frustrated they become. We know as Mm -hmm. parents, we try to say all of our kids' names and we say all 15 of our kids' names if we're homeschooling. Just kidding. But we say, Jimmy's <laughs> fan, blah, 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 blah. And I'm so frustrated because I can't get a word out. Well, just imagine if you're a child who has has a very hard time getting their language out.
0: right? Um, yes. But I talk
2: about the importance at, at home of conversation, of dialogue, mm. of asking questions, and listening to your child yes. and yes. responding to what they say as opposed to driving home your point. Prioritizing mm-hmm. so if I reading a book to your child, or, I mean, we could be talking about anything, driving in the car, language and dialogue and connection verbally with your child is key to Mm. becoming an effective writer because a writer is a communicator.
0: Yep. So Mm -hmm.
2: we, we, unfortunately, so many of us were raised in a school system that says you, once they hit age five, they go into the school system and it's be quiet and listen. The kids don't have the auditory. That's not even appropriate. Kids are supposed to be talking. This is their way to practice using the language.
0: exactly. Without
2: the ability to practice using language, they will not be able to understand what they're reading. Mm -hmm. So conversations are critical. Sometimes you need to put the book away for a a year or two and just start talking and engaging in conversation. Mm -hmm. That's more valuable to me. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but.
0: Oh no, so I love that. Yes.
2: Wait, wait, so many parents are trying to get their kids to write because the second grade curriculum says they're supposed to be able to do creative writing for 30 minutes. Give me a yeah. break. Right. Absolutely not. Mm-mm.
0: No. Yeah. I, yeah. Not. I I have never followed that rule. Um, <laughs> but actually, my daughter just started college this year and she's like, mom, I only wrote one thing for you. And I was, and so she has an English class and I was like, you know how to write. You know how to speak. Just and you. I said, and you have really good vocabulary. You've listened to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had in-depth conversations. We always used our dinner table for so debates. Good. And, and she's realizing she's a very good writer because right. she knows how to communicate. Right. Um, and that's really what it boils down to. And it's, it's, yeah, I, I think it's really good to end on that, that top, you know, this, this topic because all of these, curriculum steps, they're developed by people who want to set your child up with the right proper steps that they have seen methodically work. Yes. But for a lot of kids who struggle, it really comes back to confidence in themselves, yes. that back and forth relationship. And, and like Lindsay, like you said at a while ago was they can learn a lot in a very short period of time and they have the rest of their life to learn it too. They will fill in the gaps. Even if you homeschool to the T, the perfect curriculum, you know, I won't even know what that is, but um, your child will still graduate and leave your house not knowing everything. I promise you. Yes. Right. I
2: need to quote you on that. I need to quote you on that. (laughs) That is right. So give up. So stop going for that because they're never going to know it all. Exactly. Gosh!
0: Yeah, so yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Um, Francesca's been watching, and she said hello. Oh, great hi. topic. Thanks so much. Oh, well, so, thank you. Absolutely. So we had one question come in from a viewer, and it was kind of a little off-topic. But I don't know if you want to address it, or if we can just um, talk about it a little bit. But um, Sherry says that um, she's homeschools and she's a single parent and works and just kind of wants some strategies. And I know you run a business from home. Um, yes. I do too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and through my homeschooling years, I did that a bit on and off. And so how do you balance that? Girl.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's, Sherry, you're right. It is not easy. It, it, it's not easy, but what is so wonderful I have found, first of all, so many single parents homeschool, so many yes. working moms homeschool doesn't mean it's easy, but you can do it. And I would say, first of all, find community, uh, yes, find community. And, and I, you know, I, my first, this is just my first thought. I was like, okay, you go into Facebook and you create a group in your local community, or you find a single mom homeschool Facebook group, because I promise you it's out there because you yeah. need to know you're not alone. You need to know you're not alone and you need each other to bounce things off of. You need that support. Okay, so that's the first thing. And secondly, no, you can do it. The great thing about today's world with homeschooling is it's so much more mainstream and there's so many phenomenal tools. Yes. So I tend to tell parents, like, don't think of homeschooling as I have to. People think of homeschooling. They think I need to bring my child home and I need to sit at a table with them for six hours a day and I have to teach them everything. Absolutely not. You can mm-hmm. out t- homeschooling is right. taking charge of your child's education. You're yeah. the CEO of their education and you decide w- how they're going to do it, what what they're going to do. So you can outsource so many, mm-hmm. so many classes there. I mean, the number of uh, options out there of online stuff and you don't have to do everything online. Some parents don't want their kids online all the time. Totally get mm-hmm. it. But there are some valuable fantastic programs out there, uh, for homeschooling that you can have your child taking classes. I really love out school. Excuse me. I love out school for Mm -hmm. neurodivergent kids because you tend to have excellent, very, um, just you have,
0: there's a lot of variety and, and also very like focused into their own like interests. Yes. Classes. And I, I am seen that too
2: i I am so impressed with programs that will use your child's interest so if your child's into minecraft they can be in a minecraft group now it could be, it could be called a social group mm-hmm. but you need to think of it as a communication group
0: Group. yes the yes.
2: dialogue the dialogue is so foundational for communication Absolutely. um which will, it lays the foundation for later reading and bigger ideas like mm-hmm. um so i would say to that mom there are 365 days a year there's you, school does not just happen between the hours of eight and two right no i mean we i can't tell you how many times i'm sure you as well like we're always learning Absolutely. at the dinner table oh let's go do our math it's saturday we didn't get as much math done let's go mm-hmm. Go for an. Let's go to Panera for an hour and bust out some math work. There's ways to be very, very creative, and so I just really want to encourage her to find her people, yeah, and know she can totally do it and oh, better, absolutely, and better yeah. than what mm-hmm. you are being probably being offered by your uh, local school system,
0: yeah. Thank yeah. you. That was yeah. great encouragement. Yes. I I, I think, yeah, you, you just have to know you're not alone, first of all. And I, I love that you, you pointed that out because we do, we feel like I'm the only one doing this. And the people that have been there, done that, they've got some great tips and tricks for you, yes. I am sure, yes. um, because they have asked the same questions.
2: <laughs> so, yes, exactly. Yes.
0: <laughs> and found lots of creative answers. So talk about your website a little bit um, and just what um, our viewers can find on there.
2: Um, so yes, my website is HeartforAllstudents.com. I have tons of resources related to uh, homeschooling and parenting, neurodivergent kids, adult ADHD. I am mm-hmm. um, very, uh, very uh, neurodiversity um affirming in a sense that I really look to uh, in autistic uh, adults for understanding about autism, that mm-hmm. people with lived experience are the ones to learn from. And so lots of lifting up autistic voices to give parents uh, just an encouragement and to understand that your child is a gift and they have purpose. And mm-hmm. God's given them, every one of our children, passions and gifts and purpose. and Absolutely. They parents need to understand that there is such there's just so many successful, amazing ways to support neurodivergent kids that we need to stop with this. Um, not, we need to think of them more with the strengths that they have, because, yeah, they, that's how God's designed them a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tons of resources, uh, cheat sheets. Uh, obviously, I have some homeschool, lots of recommendations on curriculum, how I choose curriculum, how I recommend mm-hmm. ideas on how to, you know, tweak things in your, your homeschool, mm-hmm. lots of stuff on sensory, sensory processing. I mean, awesome. health, all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd love to meet them over there. I'd love to meet them over there. And I always That's respond awesome. to emails and yeah.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So that again is a heart for students.com and, um, yeah, reach out to Lindsay and to let her know, um, just if something has, um, Struck a chord with you that she talked about, or the courses you were talking about? Mm-hmm. Are those av- those available on your website? I'm assuming.
2: Yes, I have a course. I have a parenting course. That's basically everything I wish I had known when I was going through the you know what with my boy. Um, And that's called Barely Surviving to Outright Thriving. And that's really Mm. that's where the nuts and bolts of it are. Um, And then I have some mini courses and workshops on uh, homeschooling, ADHD, um, sensory, like the sensory processing in your Mm homeschool when your child tends to be more dysregulated and emotional. Um, And so, yeah, I've got lots on there for you.
0: Very cool. Yes, so de- definitely check it out. And I will put the link for your website in the on the web, uh, YouTube description, as well as in the podcast description when the podcast comes out. So then you guys can just all click on there instead of having to try to remember what all words were included in that URL and <laughs> how to do that. So that's always easier. But um, well, thank you so much, Lindsay. This was an amazing conversation. And point on for starting off the school year out the right way. Um, I appreciate just your transparency and your willingness to, um, just be an encourager with your story.
2: Thank you so much. I'm grateful for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. So uh, thank you all who joined us. I saw a lot of people popping on and off. I know it's your, your lunch hour. So usually people aren't too, um, chatty, but, um, but we thank you for joining in. If you want to watch the whole thing, that'll be available really soon to rewatch the whole video. And then in a couple of weeks, the podcast will be out for you to, to listen to, which I know a lot of you do. You just download it. Um, so we will have another broadcast actually this week. We're going to be talking about three things that boost at home learning with Sarah Collins. She's a repeat guest um, from, she's with the homeschool OT. And um, so she's going to talk about three things that she's found overall in working with um, parents over the years that really boost learning for struggling learners. So that's what we're going to talk about on Thursday afternoon this week. And so I hope to see you then. Um, Thanks again, Lindsay. And um, and thank you all for joining us. And I'll see you again next year. Until then, God bless everybody and take care. Bye. take just a second to thank the team at life audio for their partnership with us on this podcast if you go to lifeaudio.com you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network they've got shows about prayer bible study parenting and more
1: this has been empowering homeschool conversations with peggy ployer
0: god's word will change our life but sometimes it's hard to know where to start well that's where i come in I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week, I guide you through a scripture giving you space to listen to the Spirit and pray about what's on your heart. Then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.